Welcome to the Teacher Transition Podcast, where we celebrate the amazing things former teachers are now doing outside of the classroom, and where teachers who are considering making a move of their own can find the resources, guidance, and support that they need to take their next steps. I'm your host, Allie Parrish, and I'm so glad that you're here. Guess what I got in my email inbox this morning? It was a response from the teacher whose email we've been reading through and discussing in the last few episodes. We've got some great news in there. I'm so excited to share it with you. We're going to share it at the end of the episode. And in case you're listening to this and you have no idea what I'm talking about, let me back it up a bit. So in our last few episodes, I've been sharing an email that I received from one of our insiders in the teacher transition membership and some of the thoughts that she was having, some of the speed bumps she was encountering, some of the discouragement that she was facing, some of which is kind of self-created, right? We can kind of put our own speed bumps in the way sometimes. So we've been reading through her email and some of these concerns and some of these issues because I know a lot of people have them. And we're addressing parts of it one piece at a time. So in today's episode, I'm going to reread her email, and then we are going to dive into today's topic about what to do if you feel like you're an imposter, okay? Imposter syndrome. Or if you feel like you're faking it, because maybe you feel like I'm not qualified for this, and I feel like I'm faking it to try and try and come across as if I am qualified for this. Okay. We're going to be tackling that today in this episode, but let's go ahead and reread so much of what she shared so that you can just see the context of where the question is coming from. So again, here is her original email. Hey, Allie, I am having a bit of a crisis this week and I'm trying to manage it, but I was hoping you may have some tangible, actionable advice for me. I'm feeling really stuck and dealing with lots of imposter syndrome things. I was doing so well in the instructional design course. Okay, that's one of our teacher transition courses. I'm plugging away. Then life happened, and I haven't been able to focus the time I would like to on it for the last two weeks, which is this whole ugly conversation about priorities swimming around in my head. That's a different story. LOL. The end of the school year is creeping up, and I'm just feeling all the things. I know I'm resigning in May, but I feel like I'm not ready but I am. All the ducks are in a row. I really haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. I don't feel like I know enough about, insert whatever you want to do next, to be able to fake it till I make it. I'm sure all of these things are familiar to you, and I thought you may be able to just give me some direction. I'm really overwhelmed right now, and I'm getting in my own way. You're amazing, and I can't thank you enough for what you do to support us all working through this major life change. You're such a gift to me. So kind of her. So kind of her, okay? And what clear points that we can all relate with, right? Now, I know for some of, like, a few teachers out there, a few of the teachers in our membership, they did have different work roles prior to becoming a teacher, But by far, the majority of the teachers that are part of our community are teachers who went from college into teaching and they don't really feel like, hey, I have like 
work experience that is directly called this or directly called that. So what do I say? How do I go about actually applying to these positions and not feeling like I'm just faking that I can do this stuff? Okay. Let's talk about that specifically today. Okay. So we're going to take two lines specifically from her email and we are going to address those. She said, I'm feeling really stuck and dealing with lots of imposter syndrome things. I don't feel like I know enough about insert whatever you want to do next to be able to fake it till I make it. Okay. So I'm going to be sharing some of what I counseled her about and some more in this episode. And let's go ahead and get a little glimpse into that. So let's talk about this specifically. Let's talk about imposter syndrome and about being new at a job a bit more. And let's talk about it in the context of teaching. Do you remember when you were hired as a teacher and your first year of teaching? Or maybe it's easier instead of thinking of your own first year of teaching, maybe you want to think about when a really great coworker was hired, a new teacher. Maybe there's someone that's been on your team this year or last year. Okay. Think about either when you were hired or when a coworker was hired. Everyone knows when that coworker is hired, everyone knows that they're new and they appreciate them for being there. They're not expecting them to be experienced because they know that they're a new teacher and they actually really don't want them to come across or be a know-it-all in any way. In fact, if a new hire tried to appear as if they knew it all, right? If a new teacher tried to come across as, I already know all this, right? It would probably bother some of the other coworkers. Instead, it's very appreciated when someone is teachable and asks questions when needed, takes initiative to learn and grow, and simply contributes to the team's work without needing to, quote unquote, know it all. Okay, similar to how it is with a newer team teacher, it's the same in a different employee context and workplace. In fact, just like many teachers enjoy mentoring newly hired teachers, at other workplaces, many coworkers really enjoy mentoring new hires too. It's okay to be new and not know everything. In fact, it's even expected. And you really don't want to come across as, I know it all, right? You want to come across as, I am here to help and I am here to learn and I am here to contribute as best as I can to the needs of the company and the team. Okay. Did you attend the recent summit? Do you remember hearing about this? Did you hear from Jeff Patterson, Shannon Rosaire, Reba Matthews, me, Michaela Quinn, each of these presenters and so many more shared aspects and elements of things like this. Okay. They said things like, you don't have to know it all. You have to be teachable. They said things like you keep learning new skills in your new roles. You keep contributing the unique skills, the problem-solving skills that you personally have. You keep adding to your own skill set. And Shannon Rosera shared specifically, you change jobs every three to five years and you simply grow along the way. I know some teachers 
who were at the summit, they commented and mentioned that that specifically hearing that specifically was really helpful for them to hear. So many different versions of how they shared that. You are not expected to know everything. You are expected to, and it's hoped that you will keep learning, keep growing, keep contributing what you are and how you are and the skills that you have. So what can you do? What is some actionable, tangible advice for dealing with imposter syndrome? In moments when you are reading a job description or you're reading a list of responsibilities for certain roles and you're thinking to yourself, I haven't done this before. So I'd just be an imposter for even applying for this or even thinking that I could go for this. Okay. When you are experiencing imposter syndrome, here are the exercises I want you to do. Number one, I want you to look very clearly at what they actually need and what they really want. I don't want you to focus on a title. Okay. Maybe they already have really clear bullet points in the job description. Or maybe you know about what that role entails. Or maybe you've spoken with someone who knows about what that role entails. I want you to see very clearly what they really want and what they really need. Now, while I'm saying this, it's coming to mind how even this morning in our membership, one of the insiders reached out and said, Allie, here's this job description for this customer success role for this education company whose software I use and love. I would love to work for this company. Can you help me understand what they're really asking for and what they're really wanting? Right When you haven't been in an industry or worked in a certain role, sometimes it can feel like, or oh, I don't really even know what these acronyms mean or what like I know what this noun is or this verb, but I don't really get it in the context that they're talking about. All right. I, I'm so glad that we're getting people support for things like that. And if you need help with that, you just let us know. But I want you to see very clearly what it is they actually need, what it is they actually want and not worry about the title. Okay. If you need to make a bullet pointed list of what they want, go for it. Okay. That's step number one. Step number two, I want you to have a really clear picture of what you have actually done. If you want to make a three-column list, right? A chart, more than a T-chart, right? If you want three columns and you can title them as roles, responsibilities, and relationships, I want you to see the variety of responsibilities that you have had. Now, don't just be thinking like my role as a teacher. Yeah, that's kind of a title, but what are the roles you've had with that? Think of all the things with technology that you've done. You've been a very small version of a learning management system coordinator, right? You're you're entering a lot of things in there. You're doing roles similar to what an instructional designer does. You're doing roles similar to what a curriculum designer does. You are implementing things successfully. There is so much that you are doing, okay? What are your responsibilities? Overseeing and managing a large group of people, negotiating with parents, providing customer success, customer satisfaction, solving problems, creating solutions. I could list so many things. I'm not going to go into them right now. I want you to list the many things that you've done. You know how we say all the time that teachers wear so many hats. Okay. After you have listed out really clearly some of the roles, some of the responsibilities, and some of the relationships, because you wear so many hats, 
You are simply giving yourself credit for the many hats that you wear, the many responsibilities that you have. I want you to see those things. I want you to own every single one of those things. Okay. From there, we're going to go to the next one. Okay. So number two was, I want you to look at what you've done, your many roles, your many responsibilities, the many relationships. Okay. Maybe you've led a team. Maybe you've coordinated something for your school district or for your school charter organization or your private school organization. Maybe you've worked with parents, right? So many different things. I want you to see those roles, relationships, responsibilities. It's number number two. Then we're going to go to number three. I want you to translate your experience for them in a way that clarifies and demonstrates how your experience relates to what they actually need. Okay, to what they actually want. So if you are like the teacher who messaged this morning in the membership about the customer success role, and if you're thinking, well, I've just been a teacher, right? Quote unquote, you're going to translate some of the things that a customer success role for an education company would want and relate it with any and every element of being a teacher that you've experienced. Okay. You may not have ever had that title before. However, you have implemented certain technologies, including theirs. And maybe you've also helped other educators or administrators with a successful implementation or having a successful experience with the ed tech tool for X number of months or X number of years. Maybe you have trained some of the teachers. Maybe you have helped your school be consistent in usage, getting outcomes, seeing the outcomes they're actually getting related to the tech they're using. If that's the case, you're kind of a, an undercover customer success manager or specialist to a degree, right? Are you being an imposter? Nope. You're just being honest about here's what I have done. You don't have to make anything up, right? You just get to be yourself and you just get to let it shine of here's what I have done. Here are the skills that I do have. And here's here are examples of it. I've included these details on my resume and check it out. Here's a portfolio showing some some pieces, some examples, some samples of what I've done. Okay. If you need portfolio templates, we've got resources like that too. Okay. But again, what I want you to do here is I want you to just feel comfortable showing up as you are, who you are. And we're just going to make it really clear for them to see what you're bringing to the table because you know what? You're bringing a lot and you need to know that. If you don't feel like that, then I just want to shine a whole new light on this for you, okay? So again, after you've developed a clear idea of what you've done as an educator and what you're able to do, from there, we're simply going to showcase your actual real abilities and skills, not something that you're not, rather who you really are, what you are able to do, what you're actually already doing, and the skills and the abilities that you actually have. Okay. Let's have you be you and let it shine. Item number four. This is the last one. If there is a skill gap, 
right? Maybe the role that they want, there's something very, very, very specific that they want. By the way, a lot of job descriptions are, they're asking for a unicorn, something that doesn't exist. They're listing a ton of things. Please do not feel like you have to meet and match every single bullet point on there in order to apply. Go for it. Go for it. Do your best. See what happens. It's a learning process of applying. Okay. So, but if there is a skills gap for something specifically that you know is like really needs to happen, then intentionally sign up for a course that can help with that. Talk with someone who's in a role similar to that or who knows those skills. Do something to bridge the gap and then show the company where you're applying, show the initiative that you've taken to close that gap. That's going to absolutely impress them. It's going to show that you're a lifelong learner and that you're in it to win it, so to speak, right? Okay. And if you feel like I don't know anyone in that role or I don't know what courses out there or what resources are out there to help with that, if it's anything related to a teacher transition track, right? Anything that a lot of teachers go into next, chances are we have resources, we have guest speakers, we've got different resources for you for that. Just reach out, let us know. And if we don't have something in place for that, just let us, let me know, right? Let me know what you need and we'll do our best to line that up for you. Okay. And upcoming events or course resources or the monthly training options that we have inside of the, the membership. So again, okay, let's have you be you rather than anything or anyone else. Okay. What's that quote about be yourself. Everybody else is already taken, right? I want you to take a good deep look at what you've done as an educator and what you're able to do. I want you to let it shine and really let it shine as who you actually are. Okay. Let's go ahead and just recap our main items for today. The actionable advice of what to do when you're feeling imposter syndrome. One, look at what they really need and really want. Don't look at the title. Okay. Number two, look at what you've done. You've done so much your roles, responsibilities, relationships. Number three, translate your experience for them in a way that clarifies and demonstrates how your experience and your skills relate with what they actually need and show your competence to be able to do that well for them. And number four, if it's a specific skill gap, let's do something. Let's intentionally sign up for something or connect with someone, a course or a resource to bridge any needed gap. Okay. Again, you don't have to wait for perfection to apply, right? That's not ever going to happen. All of this is a process. You don't have to wait to apply. Give it your best. Give it a go. It's going to be a learning curve and you're going to do a great, great job with it. Okay. Okay, I mentioned at the very beginning that I was going to be closing out this episode with an email update from the teacher that had all of these concerns, right? Okay, so here it is. Allie, I got the contract. I can't believe it actually happened. I am so excited. I'm working for a startup company doing part-time work for them. I'm so excited, but I'm also a nervous wreck. Ha ha ha. I'm getting started on my first task later this week. Thank you so much. I'm finishing the school year with a whole world of possibilities ahead of me. 
Thank you for all that you do and the support and encouragement you've given me. I'm so excited to keep moving forward. You guys, I am thrilled for this transitioning teacher. She's got this opportunity. She has some other contract opportunities that she's recently lined up to. And you know, a transition year is so often messy. If you're hearing like, oh, it's part-time or, oh, it's contract. No, 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 no. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Those are evidences. They are signs of great things that are currently happening and amazing things that are coming ahead for her also. Okay. Really great. The variety of experiences she's getting this, that, that transition year can be super messy, right? And lean into it, own it, embrace it. It is a sign that it's all coming, right? It's all coming along. And the fact that she's working for a startup company, there are so many good things about that too, right? Everything from variety to so many opportunities and that they're going to be looking for more people to take on new roles and responsibilities. And she proves herself there are great things to come with that. So, okay, I'm going to close it out for today, but you guys, so much to celebrate in this. I'm so excited for her. And yeah, just these, just these action items, you guys, when you feel like an imposter, take all the energy that is going into that thought process, apply these four steps and see yourself for who you actually are, for all that you are doing and everything that you have to contribute in the roles that are ahead for you. If you missed our summit, go ahead and you can still access the replays for a limited time. They're at teachertransition.com forward slash summit. You can hear from former teachers who now do different things, everything from ed tech to working at home as a freelancer in a variety of roles. You don't have to do this alone you're going to do it more enjoyably, comfortably, and confidently by doing it together. It's at teachertransition.com forward slash summit, and I'll see you in the replays. This episode may have ended, but connecting doesn't have to. Join us on Facebook or Instagram and get the support and inspiration you need in your personal educator path. If you're loving the podcast, help us spread the word. Leave a review or screenshot the episode share it on social media, and be sure to tag us at Teacher Transition. Who knows? We may even feature what you share on our social media feed too. Until next time, teacher friends, be sure to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming episodes. Good luck with the great things you're up to right now and keep looking forward to the amazing things to come.